Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and to the ages of ages, Amen. Good morning. Happy New Year. Today is the fourth Sunday of the blessed month of Kiak. And uh, throughout the four Sundays of the month of Kiak, the church reads for us the Gospel of John chapter 1. It is divided into four sections. First, it is the Annunciation of the birth of John the Baptist. The second part is the Annunciation for the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. The third part, which we read last week, was the visit of St. Mary to Elizabeth and the praise of Elizabeth and the praise of the Virgin Mary. And in this fourth Sunday, we come to the conclusion of this beautiful chapter, which is the birth of John the Baptist and the prophecy that was said by his father Zacharias about what kind of a prophet he's going to be to prepare the way of the Lord. Our meditation this morning is taken from this passage from Luke chapter 1 verse 67 that tells us when Zacharias spoke out after being mute or silent for a while, the scripture tells us now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. So our meditation this morning is entitled, Filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it really mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? We know that St. Luke, the evangelist, wrote two books in the scriptures. These are the Gospel of Luke, obviously, and then the other one is the book of Acts. Yeah. And uh, they are addressed to the same person, Theophilus. But there's so many other themes that are running throughout the Gospel and the book of Acts. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit in the church. And the work of the Holy Spirit in our own personal lives. So you'll find that phrase filled with the Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit is repeated so many times throughout the Gospel of Luke, but definitely throughout the book of Acts. So besides Zacharias being filled with the Holy Spirit, if you look at the book of Acts, you find right from the beginning, as the apostles received the gift of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you see Peter, as he preached to the multitude and the 3,000, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we look at Stephen, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we look also at Barnabas, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. So what is it really about being filled with the Holy Spirit that is so special to the early church? And it is such an important theme in the Gospel of Luke, but also in the book of Acts. So today, by God's grace, we'd like to briefly explore the theme of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in the beginning, I'd like to distinguish between two things. 
the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the filling of the, the Spirit is somewhat different than the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So when we look at the Old Testament, we look for example at uh, Saul, King Saul and David, um, God would order one of the prophets like Samuel to go and pour out the oil on the head of, of Saul and he becomes ordained as a king and the Spirit of God comes to him and um, leads him in uh, leading the people. However, 1 Samuel 16 would tell us that Samuel did not do the work that are pleasing to God. So God ordered Samuel to go back to the house of Jesse and to look for one of the brothers to ordain him. And the scripture says that the Spirit of God departed from Saul and an evil spirit came upon him. So even though in the Old Testament individuals could receive the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit of God was not indwelling in them, permanently placed in them. However, in the New Testament, you and I are gifted with the Holy Baptism and are gifted with the chrismation. And as we are chrismated with the Holy Oil, uh, the Myron Oil, then the Spirit of God becomes indwelling in us, permanently placed in our lives to guide us. However, being filled with the Holy Spirit is a renewing action. It's something that could be renewed and, and uh, worked on. And there are certain people who can activate the work of the Spirit in them, while other people could suppress the work of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. And thus we see that the indwelling of the Spirit, it is a focus on the joy of the Lord cultivating a spiritual maturity in all of the Christians. So we are embedded with the gift of the Spirit of God, who is uh, the, the triune God. We believe in Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So uh, the indwelling of God in our hearts is what gives us the opportunity to be filled with the Spirit. And the Spirit of God will never depart from us. In the third hour prayer of the Agbeya, we say, your Holy Spirit, O Lord, whom you have sent forth upon your holy disciples and honored apostles at the third hour, do not take away from us, but we ask him to what? To renew him with us. So that action of renewal is what is meant by being filled with the Holy Spirit. The filling of the Spirit is seen in the first century church also as an empowerment for the work of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We find that this filling uh, first taking place, of course, in the book of Acts and then in the lives of all the subsequent apostles and disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we speak about being filled with the Spirit, we're not speaking about the indwelling because the indwelling for each person who has, been, who has received the sacrament of chrismation, we already that the Spirit of God is already in us. So I want you to think I'm not a very technological person, but you think about having an iPad or, um, or a phone that already has the ability, the capability of, let's say, making calls uh, or certain apps that connect you to certain access all over. So when, you, when, the, when the electronics are, are empowered with these gifts, they are already indwelling in them. 
However, what you need to do is to connect them to the internet. You need to connect to, uh, you know, open those apps or activate them. So that's the difference between the indwelling of the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. The more we are in touch with the Spirit of God, the more that we can activate His work in our lives as, as Christians. Now, it's really important that we look at the Holy Scripture to help us understand for these individuals who have truly um, been in touch with the Spirit of God and activated the work of God, what did they do? So first of all, when our Lord Jesus was speaking with the Samaritan woman, He explained to her that God is a, is a what? Is a spirit. And those who worship God must worship Him in two things, in spirit and in truth. This is very important. So if we are going to connect with God, we must activate that the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our hearts and in our churches because God is a spirit. And those who want to truly worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Well, the book of Acts tells us about many incidents where individuals were truly able to activate the work of God in their hearts. From the beginning of the book of Acts and chapter 2, we read, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. So sometimes this Holy Spirit will give manifestations. So in this context, the word tongues refers to languages. But there is a miraculous part of it because these were simple people from Galilee. Okay, so these were uneducated, simple people. And people were coming from all over the world, from Asia Minor, from Africa, from Europe, and they spoke their local tongues. However, when the Spirit of God gave them utterance of these special languages, it was miraculous because they were uneducated. So all of a sudden they could speak all of these different tongues or languages. So there's always power and it was a testimony and a witness to the early Christians that they were filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Not only did the Spirit of God give them utterance, but in the Acts of chapter 4 also, verse 8, we read here that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well. So the Spirit of God now, as Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he started to speak, gave him the ability to convince others in a way that they could accept him. You see, the scripture tells us about two types of wisdom. There is an earthly demonic wisdom and there is a heavenly spiritual wisdom. The epistle of St. Paul, uh, my apologies, epistle of St. James chapter 3 speaks to us about these two different types of wisdom. So when we speak any utterance from our mind, if we are speaking by the Holy Spirit, and if we are really activating the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we would be able to convince others who are around us. But sometimes we feel that we want to like use our own wisdom and our own abilities. But really, the Spirit of God is the one who speaks to others. 
who witnesses, who testifies of the truth of the faith. Yes, we are living in a generation that is very diverse now in its religious uh, convictions, uh, in its behaviors. Uh, people are free to think for themselves, which is great. But at the same time, there could be an evil demonic wisdom, so the wisdom of the devil that is that could mislead people, and that's why we need the Spirit of God to convince others. St. James would say, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter, envy, self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and envy, evil things are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So now that we understand the gift of the Spirit, allows us to think with, with wisdom, allows us to testify and witness to the truth and, and be bold about speaking the truth. The big question is how can we live a spirit-filled life and how can we have a spirit-filled church community? I think these are the two most important questions that we can ask, especially as we draw to the end of this year and begin a new year. What is God calling us to do? Again, in today's gospel, we saw that as Zacharias spoke, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was a spiritual man. Now, there's always a contradiction and a fight between being carnal, earthly, uh, physical, and being a spiritual person who thinks far and beyond. The Spirit helps us as individuals to think of deeper things not just to take things at the surface. It's very important to judge situations at the surface. When someone cuts us off as we are driving, the easiest thing to do is to blow a horn, to, to blow a horn or to swear at them or to call them a name or things of that sort. But being a spiritual person living today helps us to take a pause and to ask ourselves, what are these individuals going through? What might have they gone through this morning what are they going through in the light it's very easy when we see a screaming child that we want to go up to the parents and chastise them and tell them um why don't you have uh, control over your child why are you leaving them to run around or to make noise but the spiritual way of thinking is to say you know we don't know what these parents are going through can we uh, cut them some slack can we extend to them the grace of god and allow them maybe, you know, a little bit of, of a help or support, or at least leave them to handle the situation, because maybe, maybe, just maybe, this child has, is a special needs child, or maybe this they didn't have a very happy morning, and they're just uh, sick, or ill, or uh, uh, colic, or whatever the reason is. The easiest thing is just to jump to conclusions, to judge other people around us. There's some people who come into the church and uh, are dressed in a way that might not please everyone else. And people start to judge them and look at them in a way, you know, how can this person have so much disrespect for the church or for the community? 
But maybe a spiritual person would say, oh, thanks be to God that this person is even in the church. They made it to the church today and there's so many reasons why people didn't make it to church and they kept turning off their alarm clock or uh, they're just lazy or tired or people don't believe even in God. The fact that this person even made it to, to the church and, and are here, it means that they have a spiritual desire for God and God is active in their lives. And uh, uh, sometimes we judge people who are coming late, for example, and, and I want to encourage everyone to do their best and to be in the church as early as they can. But sometimes we look at people who are walking in late and say, you know, that's very disrespectful to the liturgy and, and they're walking in at the end, you know, just for communion. But maybe we as a community can think, well, at least they're here. They made it, you know, they drove a long way and, and, and these young families have kids and many of us had kids and, you know, you prepare them and you dress them and then uh, they uh, spill something over their clothes or they need to change and it takes time and some people argue in the morning for, to be in the church and people are not motivated and, and people want to do other things. But at least I, I believe in my heart what being filled with the Spirit, or at least part of it, has to do with extending grace to others. Not to accept uh, or to be um, tolerant to misbehavior or to sin, to sin, but just the ability to sit back and listen uh, to people's comments or hearts or experiences. Maybe God will help clarify so many things that disturb us or bother us. We are called to lead by example. We are called to walk according to the teachings of scriptures. However, we're not called to teach, to, to judge others or to misbehave or to make others uncomfortable, but open the arms of Christ as much as we can to embrace all with the kindness and love of the Lord. Also being filled with the Spirit as a church community, but also as individuals necessarily means what God is commanding us to do, the commandments of God in scriptures, spending personal time in his presence, not only in a liturgical setting, which is very important, but also on a personal basis when we are at home or we are in, in a comfort zone, having the scriptures and reading in it and understanding the experiences of God with his people in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Some people say, well, the Old Testament is it's too hard, it's complicated. As a matter of fact, as you get into studying the Old Testament, it's so amazing and wonderful because you have these special case studies. We call it in academics, case studies. Meaning that you take one person and you see the journey of experiencing God with, with that individual for so many years and possibly decades. You find the story of Abraham and the story of Joseph and the story of Moses and the book of Joshua, and the people are going through the wilderness, and you have time to study and to sit and to listen. What is the Spirit trying to teach us about experiencing God? And what makes these individuals so special, maybe slightly different than myself, is the fact that they've experienced God. Someone like Job, for example, 42 chapters of being on cloud nine and appreciating his life, and bragging about how much he has and then unfortunately going down and losing it all but he never lost his faith in God and that's 
One important lesson about being filled with the Holy Spirit is that we don't only praise and worship God in times of abundance and times of plenty, but more so during the most difficult times that we go through. These are the moments that we draw in our faith and ask God to come and intervene with us. Job did the same thing and God blessed him and rewarded him and gave him back everything. Of course, the New Testament is beautiful because it tells us about the most amazing human God incarnate in the flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ. How he's interacted with people. He definitely was led by the Spirit. And the, the scripture says that Jesus was led by the Spirit, let's say, into the wilderness. For these reasons, what I'm praying that God would help us to do at the end of this year, in the beginning of this year, is to be spiritual individuals. Persons, families, individuals, and a church community that is led by the Spirit of God. To extend grace to one another, to extend forgiveness to one another, to see each other's needs, not so much to judge or to point fingers, but to shield each other from the pointing fingers of those who are just trying in the name of correction, in the name of jealousy uh, to God and to His church to destroy humans. God is concerned about each and every one of us. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants us to be saved. And God is patient. God doesn't want like quick solutions and quick fixer-uppers. He wants us to establish a strong foundation, spiritual foundation with Him, where we can experience Him on a daily basis. Again, being filled is a renewal of the work of the Holy Spirit. But we have to be intentional about it in our prayer tonight as we receive the new year. Let us kneel before the Lord and say, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit, O Lord, whom you have sent forth upon your holy disciples and honored apostles in the third hour, renew him with us. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a righteous spirit in my inward parts. Fill us, O Lord, and send unto us your Spirit to give us a vision and a depth and an understanding that is beyond the, um, the sensual and beyond the physical. Take us into a spiritual realms and as we close our eyes, we are transformed from the body, from the earth to the heavenly. And as we celebrate the divine liturgy this morning, let us enter into his holy of holies to experience him in a way that we have never done so before. May our Lord Jesus Christ Fill us with the gift of the Holy Spirit every single moment of our lives. Impact us as a community to truly become a community that is filled with the Holy Spirit. To show grace and love to one another, forgiveness, and uh, a true love that transcends any human understanding. Glory be to our God forever and ever. Amen. We exalt you. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.